This very special live episode is brought to you by Hover. Hover is a fantastic domain name registrar. We use them. You probably use them if you listen to this podcast. You may have registered Zoom.Zone with Hover. Someone did. And if you think you can do better than that, I doubt that you can. (laughs) You can go. You're welcome to try. To Hover.com and this week use the promo code congrats, like congrats Nick, which you'll hear in this episode. Mm. This was recorded live at the Metropolitan Ballroom at the Penny Arcade Expo this week in Seattle. It was uh, Jake, Chris, and I, Sean. We hope you enjoy. Thanks, Hover, and thank you, readers. Thank you, Chris. Oh, thanks, Sean. Thank you, Chris. Oh, my God. (laughs) You don't have to. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, thanks for coming. Hey there. Yes. How are you? Okay. Not bad. So uh, I guess we're going to kick this off. This is really exciting. As is apparent to everyone here, but may not be apparent to those listening at home, we're about to perform the Adult Thumbs theme song live exactly as it sounds. So we'd like to welcome our 50-piece brass orchestra, <laughs> our like 200-member choir. We actually, it's the Seattle whatever. Choir. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so our harpsichordist. Well, it's Chris. Uh, on loan from the Seattle Symphony. Yes. We have Kirk Hamilton here on the trombone. Mm-hmm. A trombone? He's trying that yeah, out. Saxophone. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> it's a, the, the one, the long one. Um, so, yeah, get ready for that. Um, Please enjoy this mind-blowing live Are you guys ready? Okay. Really sorry you couldn't be here. Sorry if you're listening to this on the podcast. This sucks that you're not here because so, it's unbelievable. You guys are going to... Heavily. So welcome to PAX. Well, what is it? Oh, oh, geez. Well, it's two things. Because for the people in this room, it's August 31st, 2014. And for the people listening at home, it's September 3rd, 2014. This is Idle Thumbs 174. I'm for Chris, both of them. In either case, I'm Chris Remo. <laughs> I'm Jake Rodkin. And I am Sean Vanneman. Oh, what? You don't clap at that? No! Sean, they were all clapping for you. I know. It feels really good. But no, we are not joined today, unfortunately, by uh, Nick Brecken. I don't know if you already know him. Um, we're going to do something nice for him. Yeah. And then we're also, unfortunately, not joined by Danielle Riendo, who could not make it. So you're stuck with us, guys. Yeah, it's sorry. just the, yeah, it's these a bummer. three idiots. Um, you know, we really are, wish they were here. Well, we wish Danielle was here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> can, we actually, can we actually just get a congrats, Nick, on the kind of just three? a one big congrats, Nick, for yeah, not just, being here? You guys, yeah. for yeah. old times' sake. So let's just do yeah, we'll just. Congrats, It was lovely. Thanks. Okay, he'll okay. appreciate that. He'll listen to that every night before he goes to sleep. <laughs> Because, oh no, you guys don't live together anymore. No. I like the idea of you like putting you a cup in his room and <laughs> putting the cup up on the door yeah. every night. Uh, 
So we're here at PAX. Yes. Yes. Are you? I've just been with you the whole time. Yeah. But Chris, I have not. You went sorry. To... <laughs> You're not sorry. I'm not. You. <laughs> you spent most of your time at the Indie Mega Booth lately. Yeah, like an hour. <laughs> okay, so there's like 47 other hours that we're gonna just leave off the table, I guess. <laughs> Uh, you want to? What did you, did you? Actually, did you play Screen Cheat? No, I. Do okay, not. so when somebody said, "Have you played Screen Cheat?" I thought they said, "Did you have you played Scream Sheet?" Which I thought was just like a deep, idle thumbs cut. Like, oh, I'm like, what like a, a cyberpunk. Did you play that cyberpunk's newspaper that faxes itself into the box? Yeah, for and you? I was like, <laughs> I like went crazy and like started like text Steve Gaynor yeah. and they're like, no, no, it's called Screen Cheat. Yeah. So it's like playing. Is that like the same screen multiplayer game. Yeah. Right. So it's. I'm you on know, board already. But your guy, no, no, all the other guys on your screen are invisible. So you have to look at other people's screens to know oh, where they are. Oh, cool, all right. Yeah, yeah you have yeah. to screen cheat to be like, oh, That's he's awesome. in the room with the blue wall. Oh, it's called whatever. screen cheat. It's really hard to say, especially when my fucking mouth is bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, screen, are you saying, like, screen cheat? I deal with this every day of my life. <laughs> This will be like an hour at the office. Like, yes, I did an hour ago. Okay, sorry. No, okay. So it's a game. You're where... not sorry. This has to be the same screen multiplayer game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you look at the other. Oh. <laughs> there you yes. go. Sorry. Well, never end. <laughs> okay. So, so that sounds really it, interesting. So you did just have the experience that I had. I think it was Anna the Red told me this or somebody no. on the floor. Uh, yeah. You just. So what do you actually do in the game besides look at someone else's screen? You have to understand. Like okay, anything? so it's really good podcast content. This is me talking about a game that someone talked about. Okay, me. never mind. <laughs> oh, you haven't played it? I'm asking you if you played it because I want to go play it. We should go play it. I thought you were asking me because you'd played it and you wanted to like share a moment. You don't need to chastise me in front of the readers. <laughs> they're, just, all, they're all right I just there. misunderstood. We've misunderstood literally every single thing you said <laughs> since this began. You did get that I'm Sean Vanneman at the beginning. Though. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Nick was That's here. Nick. No. Uh, no, it's like it's a shooter. So it's a oh, like, it's like a three D, like a first person. It's a first person shooter. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So it's like imagine playing Goldeneye, except the guys. Are so that really is like the classic experience of playing Halo or Goldeneye or something, and yeah. actually. Oh, is Derek Liu? And he's in this room right now. Oh, there he is. Ring a bell. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was you. Uh, yeah. So um, he's. Derek said that when he was playing, there was just like some guy who's like, I've been practicing this my whole life. Like, this as a screen cheat, you know, against <laughs> right. games when you shouldn't do that. Right, right, right. And that was who's just wrecking people. So I want to go play really badly and see yeah. which of us grew up as like a really dishonest youth. Whoever's, <laughs> whoever's the best at it was an asshole, basically. Right. Like, yeah. 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 Is that actually a dishonest move? Because like when we talk about Pikmin 2 multiplayer, which is the thing I'm going to segue into now, because obviously that's what you talk about. Oh, we're like, yeah. like, that's for me part of the strategy of Pikmin 2 multiplayer is like actually managing what's on your screen because. Because the screen is available to you, so someone can look down at the bottom half and just go, "Oh my God, they're doing X, Y, Z." So then you have to like, like flip the Z targeting around. But I guess maybe I've been yeah, training like my big, whole life. A big part of Pikmin too is like, <laughs> no, it's true. Like a big part of it is like deliberately obscuring where you are. Like it gets to the point. I don't think you've probably had this experience in playing Pikmin two of like making it seem like you're doing something different than right, what like you're you doing. Right, you walk towards a you know that they're watching, rated their base. Yes, like two minutes exactly. Ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of like screen so, share misdirection is like. I've always feel like that was. I mean, I guess I feel like screen cheating in a shooter. 
was it bad because like your friend's older brother would just punch you for doing it. Right. So you know, well, like, <laughs> this sucks that we haven't played this. Because yeah, I, yeah. I want to know how far down the well this goes. Like, is it actually like you can like pop up a cardboard sheet that uh, in game that has a drawing of a different part of the level on it? Like how? Sorry, like, I read that as like a, a cardboard sheet in the game. That's what I meant. Like, like no, 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 no. Sorry, in real life, where oh. you like like somehow yeah. sectioned off your corner into like one of those like I'm editing. I'm looking at a microfiche. Someone or something. sold those. We talked about this maybe on another live show. I think someone sold a GoldenEye TV adapter that quadded out your screen. <laughs> I thought you said quadoed out your screen. <laughs> it's just going to be the next hour of just like... <laughs> it's the microphones. This is very bouncy in here. Yeah, it's yeah. true. The Metropolitan yeah. Ballroom is resplendent. Oh, yeah. Let's not... Let's not... This is not the Sphinx. That we are in the Metropolitan Ballroom. You all saw that on the way in, right? This yeah. is not the Sphinx Theater, actually. That's no, just... No, that's bullshit. It's the <laughs> Metropolitan Ballroom. Very bouncy, yeah. though. Yeah, it is. It's bouncing. Bouncing in the ballroom. I know what you're going to say. You're, you're not going to say it's a bouncing ballroom. I already just did. <laughs> But yeah, we should go play Screen Chief so, after this. <laughs> this live episode, we'll talk about games that we are going to maybe play later at the show that you're all at. I have a game I played that was really good, so we'll get there. Don't worry. I, I have no... I, have I think, we'll, I think we've arrived there. I think we're <laughs> well, well, no, what, did, you, what did you play if you overlooked Screen Chief? Um, so I played uh, Centris, which is really cool. It's a kind of like music puzzle game. Um, it's a... It's the kind of thing that I like is a lot. Is that the game like, that's like the bright concentric circles? Yes. Okay. And like... So you, you, yeah, as you say, rings of concentric circles with uh, different um, like arcs in various colors surrounding it, and like as you play, there's sort of your cursor, I guess, just constantly rotates around, and it's a you know music puzzle game, so the whole thing is quantized to the beat. So as your little uh, reticle goes around, you can press A or whatever to like drop a new wedge into the circle, and it creates like. A bass drum hit, or a bass note, Sick. or yeah, like a hi hat, or actually, whatever, a melody line. Is it actually part of the Tetris franchise? No, it because is not. like I never noticed it's a Tris. It's a Tetris. It's a sub- right because like when I saw when I saw someone said Centris, my brain immediately went back to like Weltris for DOS, where it was like the four <laughs> right. the four forced perspective pieces, and it was like it was bad. Right. I don't know. How to, I don't, I'm not gonna even describe it. It's a waste of a podcast. That's fine. Old classic computer games. Imagine no like a sweet 3D Tetris, but like, but like, I remember in like game. Luke Skywalker's really? Death Star computer mm-hmm. really? that he turns off. Yeah. <laughs> that one. That's the specific computer I'm talking about. Well, now I'm thinking about something else. Actually, I didn't know. It was, anyway. But yeah, this game is a. It's, it's all music no. based, and so like as you play, the sort of ostensible goal of the game is to uh, to rock. Is to be rad. Uh, is to fill up these like sort of empty. Uh, outlines of these wedges, and you have to like match the size of the empty receptacle with like the things you're dropping in. And as you do that, like creates this soundscape, you know, this like complex music that is generated from all these individual pieces, which is just a like fun thing in general. Like if you've like if you've played Fract or um, I don't know, there's a bunch of games like there's like Electroplankton, right? Games oh, yeah, where you just yeah. kind of like do things, and then music <clears throat> is created, um, but you're trying to you know, actually achieve this puzzle. I was talking to the developer um, uh, who I know and now whose name I'm forgetting, Kalman or Samantha Kalman. Yes, thank you, people who are the better brains than me. Um, and she was saying they're gonna, she's going to put in like a free play mode that it doesn't have the puzzle part, so you can just jam out oh, cool. with the stuff. And it, like the thing that really struck me about it is, you know, I was talking about Fract on the podcast a couple months ago, and like I liked it, but it kind of felt to me at times, like I was sort of 
exploring this big world just so I could get to the cool music puzzles that are responsive and like create this awesome soundscape. And which this just brings the, it to you. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's just like you sit down with it and just instantly you press buttons and music comes out and I'm like, yeah. Is this what you and actually so, do? Is it like a touch Yeah, yeah you just kind of go like that. Just, what, like works. waggle your hand around? No, it's a controller. Oh. I was exaggerating for radio. I have to exaggerate <laughs> strongly so that it comes through. So people just... Jake is rubbing his fingers in front of a microphone right now and expecting you to know at home. Uh, the band, the 50-piece band, is unimpressed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing that is cool, one of the things that is cool about it to me, um, and I could sort of already tell as I was playing, is like when you play a game like this that just translates everything you do into you know, parsable music that doesn't sound like garbage. Like, it's not like you're just randomly entering notes and it just sounds like trash. Like, obviously, she creates the game with a given soundscape so that even if, she, you know, you enter things that are totally unpredictable, it still basically sounds cool. And actually, like, as a musician, it's a stuff... Games like that are a really cool way to just get little tiny bits of ideas that will just lodge themselves oh, in your brain, you know, because mm-hmm. the thing keeps going around the circle and so it just keeps replaying this phrase again and again and again and again and it's like... Every once in a while, you'll hit on something that's like, oh, that's actually a really cool, just little sort of musical turn of phrase. And like, I think that's a really awesome thing to do in a video game um, because anyone can play it and make something that sounds awesome. Uh, and so you should check this out if that sounds cool to you. It's called Centris. And I think it's in early access right now, actually. Um, she's working on it for a while. She said she's been working on the. Weird, is it early access? Sorry, that's weird. <laughs> Why is that weird? Oh, I thought you were being a butt. I thought you were like, like, oh, it's an early access. No, no, no. It's it just it, it seems like a weird game to be an early access. Why? It's a puzzle game. It's like a. I guess if you play if you play it a million game. times forever, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's cool. That's one of the things I played. I'm not allowed to say things are weird. No, you're allowed to say things are totally, weird. It's, it's, it's totally. what you mainly say. So <laughs> that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, what else did I play? I played uh, I played this game Galaxy, which I think I talked about also last year at PAX because. The last time I played it it's was... An we, should lay, exclusive. We, we should do a, yeah. a super, like, a, this layover last PAX's audio directly on top of this one and see, and see which words it's... line up just absolutely perfectly. Wait, was, that, was that the game with the two little orbs that are floating around? Or is that a different thing? No, I don't think that's... Uh, oh, no, that two little orbs floating around is called Gemini, and that's made by two guys from NYU who I ran... Like, we met when we went to practice. He's like... I didn't play the game, but the way that they described it sounded interesting. Yeah, so these like two younger developers um, who were in NYU's program. We were, like, I was just chatting with them about the industry, and then I ran into one of them at GDC, and he's like, "Oh, will you like give me notes on this game?" And it was on an iPad, and I sat down on the floor, you know, as you, as you do at GDC, and you well, it, it you looks... move, you kind of like press the like, the goal is to like ascend as these like stars. And but you play as one, and then the other there's like you're just a little sort of dot floating up and then the other there's a second other dot who sort of twists around you but they said it's basically like it's an autonomous agent it's another character in the yeah, game yeah it's like there's a story like these two like, it's very sort of like it's a surrealist story about these two stars that are in love and sort of dancing all oh the way. it's an indie game correct <laughs> it's independently made yeah. um, but you move one of them and then the other one has sort of like if it's above you, I think it is attracted to you, and if it's beneath you, it's repelled, or maybe I have that flipped. So you're constantly in this sort of like magnetic, like a sort of like, like centrifugal momentum moving upwards. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes you'll like lose it, and you have to go down and kind of like scoop it up, and it bounces off of you. Yeah. The whole it's very like uh, 
think you, as you hold down, you move upwards. And then sure. So it's it, very like, like you kind of have this like this ebb and flow. It sort also of tied looks, it feeling. looks very much like you would you would mistake it for like an early that game company game or like a pixel junk game. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is in that. I mean, you know, like this is the first game uh, these two guys have ever made, so it oh, definitely cool. feels like all of their inspirations, like art house inspirations, right, are getting in all this game. In yeah, 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 totally. So it's like that's it's, cool. It was amazing though to like have played this thing. It's always sort of. You know, you want to be. It's like, oh, play this game. And you sit down on the floor at GDC, and you're like, oh, I really hope this works out, guys. You know, right. like it's really. I like a lot of the ideas in here. Maybe do this, maybe mm-hmm. do that, and then to be walking through the mega booth and see it on like a 70 inch screen. Right. I was like, oh my god. Oh, yeah, well, that's yeah, kind yeah, of it's such a nice sort feeling. Of the experience I had that I. I mean, I talked about this on the podcast already, so I won't retell the whole story. But when when you showed me that game, like. Async Corp. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like I've seen this before. Oh, right. I saw this like nine months ago in a bar, and some guy showed it to me on his phone. Yep. I was like, it's a crazy thing to see. Also, the thing you were saying about like perennial indie mega booth, uh, when I mentioned Galaxy, because I'd mm-hmm. seen it, uh, it actually feels like that is a kind of a theme at the indie mega booth. Like, there are games that have mm-hmm. just kind of been there. For a while, right? You know what I mean. Like it's like I expected to go play Quadrilateral Cowboy and was almost refreshed when it wasn't there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, Brandon's not here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was bummed that he wasn't here, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. But it, it feels like a lot of the, especially at the scale of indie, that a lot of the people who you know exhibit at the indie mega booth are you kind of need almost that like perennial PR, you know, right. to, like to find make sure you're finding the entire audience mm-hmm. and like just fully get it out there. Yeah. Which is just the complete opposite. Like no. Obviously, no AAA company would ever take the same game. Like they would. Well, I guess Ubisoft would take Assassin's Creed to PAX every single year, but it's just because right. there's always a new Assassin's right, Creed, right? right? Like it's totally well, there's different. something new about it, you know, suppose in their eyes. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. spent more money on it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I get. Or like, I mean, is you you start to see, you're start seeing that with like League of Legends and things like that. Obviously, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, but it's a completely different mindset mm-hmm. because that's not. It's more of a. It's like a sport that they're yeah, cultivating. Exactly right. right. Uh, the other one I was going to bring up that's not... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So you... It's weird that Seattle, like, I guess just by coincidence, is now, like, the worldwide hub of Lord's Management Games because did you see the... It is. I thought did you Riot's see, in L.A. They are, but, but they're, they're Their huge. tournament is at PAX. tournament is here, and I saw... Someone oh. showed me a photograph of it, and it's fucking bonkers. Like, it just looks like an entire PAX inside of PAX... That is a League of Legends pack. Where is it? Are we in it right now? I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> is it happening somewhere, inside of us? I think it might be like in this hotel, weirdly, like above us. Does anybody know where it is? It's all purple and shit. That was the best piece of information I got. It's all purple and shit. Confirmed. Everybody's like, I'm like, It's all purple and shit. Thank you, reader. It's all purple and shit. Uh, Speaking my language. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna crazy. go to that. It's I mean, like I don't play. I've huge. never even played. Well, like really? Ball I thought once. you played it like once. No, no, I've never played. Okay. Once. No. No. You just promised to Dota Today listeners that you would. I make a lot of empty promises on Dota Today <laughs> and on this podcast <laughs> and always. <laughs> yeah, I, I did play. I mean, I've played uh, Heroes of the. S- I always want to say Heroes of the Swarm. It's Heroes of the Storm. Well, because they have Heart of the Heroes Swarm. Here's the Storm and Heart of the Swarm. Heart of the, and Heart, yeah. Hearth Swarm. Storm. <laughs> they got to get up. Yeah. What's happening? What is happening at Blizzard? Like, not inside of my brain, but what is actually happening at Blizzard? Is there just one copywriter who's Someone, obsessed? <laughs> he's having a fucking, like, aviator Someone made moment. a little cross-stitch that said those three phrases, and they've just... You see it every time He's you walk in. He's just sitting there yeah. rocking, like, page after page <laughs> after page of... 
age blank as crazy. Yeah. Just yeah. scribbled notes of a madman. Here, yeah. Here's the storm, heart of the swarm, heart of stone. Uh, <laughs> that is what it is. You know, it's crazy, but, this, but that is obviously what's happening. Yeah. It's not coincidence. It's true. That is definitely obviously what is <laughs> There's clearly. There's only one answer. <laughs> There is some poor, tortured soul chained you know to a desk in Irvine, people, California. The people who go and actually see blizzards, like, wow, Ops Center, and it just looks like the fucking NASA missions. Where yeah, I've been there. It's it, crazy. It turns out that that's just for show. When everyone leaves, all the cameras just cut to the... They're observing the room that has that one guy writing phrases. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like They've sphere. got a team of like 500 you guys, g- including Ed Harris. With yeah. like, just like 40 old telephones that he's yep. <laughs> No, he's... No, the, the room is staffed fully with people Southwest, in suits. Oh my God. <laughs> they're all just watching him. They're just oh, making really? sure that he's okay. Oh, is this and like the, a switchboard operator? What is this? No, it's the one guy man. alone writing down names that are That's H what of keeps the, the servers running? Yes. <laughs> it's like a weird fucking like, minority report thing where he's like everything is just. There's like a sub basement full of just autonomous bots that keep the server up. This is just to make sure they have their name generated guys. <laughs> is like that his, you know, yeah. his hermetically sealed room is kept at a constant. He's in like rate. the orb from Sphere. The Sphere from Sphere. Sphere. <laughs> <laughs> So that like round you, you object. Like the circles from Sphere, you know? It's, when something becomes a title, you stop thinking of it as no, the it's, thing it's that totally it is. totally true, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jake is ruined. I knew that would get him. So God. that Sphere from that movie. Orb. Yeah. <laughs> He's in there. Okay. Michael Crichton's round thing. <laughs> Oh, so they know. Wait, so they they joke announced the game called Heart of the yeah. Stars? I don't like that they know Jesus. and still do it. That doesn't make it okay. <laughs> because like, you're an asshole to your friend, and then you joke about, oh, I'm such no, a dick to you. You're Blizzard, just still an asshole to Blizzard that guy. Are, Blizzard already does this, because do you remember years ago the when they announced shit. the pandas as an April Fool's joke, and now there's an entire World of Warcraft expansion about pandas? Yeah, because when I saw so the pandas, because I got so far away from, I played WoW a lot in college, and then I got so far away from it that when I saw the Pandarian thing, I was like, oh, is that... You That's don't even know. Joke from it's like, like that five weird, years they're ago. that weird guy you hang out with. You, you don't know is joking because he's not usually. <laughs> but the things he's saying should be jokes. Right. <laughs> Fuck Blizzard. I'm really not happy right now. I guess I have nothing. Yeah, no. what, what's the over under on when Heart of the Stars just comes out and is a real thing? Like, well, there's get... no under. It's one. Like, <laughs> right. it's just hundred percent. That one over one. Like, <laughs> The first major, like, huge content flip for Hearthstone will then make it Hearthstone Heart of the Stars, and then you, right. <laughs> you must stop. Sorry, I just spit all over you. Yeah, you must stop. I'm incensed. That's fine. I don't know why. Gamergate. Yeah, I'm just like my whole body got wet. I'm really angry. This is the this, this is, is the, the actual sort of conspiracy. conspiracy. Yeah, we should be fucking paying attention to this. Yeah, exactly. This is follow the money. That's true. Follow the Wake fucking up, money, Ali Moss. Follow the money. He's been saying that all weekend. Oh, really? He's been saying follow the money all weekend. Look. <laughs> Think about it. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, sorry, I'm still, like, I'm coming off my rage high, so I don't really know what to say. That's okay. Um, it's okay, Sean. I did play game four. Oh, I want to ask you about that, because I wanted Dude. to play it, and I didn't get a chance. Because there was actually a long line, and I didn't think about it too far ahead. This is the new Behemoth game. 
And it's like a turn-based tactics game? Yeah. Man, it actually, this says when it comes awesome. up in the tutorial, it just says, this is a tactical, or this is a turn-based strategy game. It's just yeah. like, like oh, cool. okay, thank you yeah. so much. Because you sit down. I don't, you guys have all seen that. Have you like, guys rotunda, seen their presence right? at PAX, how they have like that it's weird like, circus rotunda thing yeah. that has all these custom controllers all over it? It looks fucking weird. Yeah, I don't they understand how it all works. of that stuff. So I went and like I, I chatted with them for a little bit. Everything that you see in their booth, they make. They don't hire... A, like a brilliant person in an army of slaves to do it. They just all do it themselves. They so spend they, like months on their packs. You don't though. hire slaves. <laughs> <laughs> no, you hire the guy who has the slaves. You're like, you're going to do this all yourself? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and then he's, you know, got the, the slaves. That's true. That is what he's got. In the fictional version... So apparently, the behemoth is well, the behemoth just hires a slave <laughs> owner to <laughs> yeah. build their booth. That's clearly what's happened. Another conspiracy. What's the deal? Follow that one, obviously. No, but they do it all themselves. Like Follow every... the money that they don't pay the slaves. <laughs> Why are we talking about slaves? You, Sorry, I apologize. I threw the word out there, and then you went. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what's this actual video game? I want to talk about their booth for a second because okay. it's really impressive. What's um, this actual video game booth? Thanks, Jake. Thanks for asking. I never thought you would. Uh, yeah, they make all that, even the controllers. So if you look at this game, uh, they have this rotunda that spins, the top spins. I'm glad you're calling really it a rotunda beautiful. now that I called it that. Inside Out Gazebo? I can't talk sometimes. You should do a podcast. Um, <laughs> and uh, you, they have all these screens around the bottom, and you sit on a little stool. But there's one giant green A button. Then there's a cancel button and a couple white buttons, and then this awesome lever. And they map all to a controller. So you make your decision, your main decision with the A button, and then when you say like, "Yeah, I have, my, I know what I want to do on this turn," you, bah, you lock it in with the lever, and it's awesome. They cool. 3D printed all that stuff. They build nice. all that stuff themselves. Wow. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like I was uh, walking around with uh, Jane Ng, who works at Campo Santo with us, and. I think she offhandedly said, like, how much money do these guys have? And I looked down at this custom controller. I was like, that much money. <laughs> like, that's yeah. 14 that's, of those plus yeah. this thing. Yeah. The Behemoth is actually, to me, a really strange entity in the video game industry because they don't, they're not a category of developer that I can put any other developer in. No, I, Like, they're an independent awesome. studio, but they're also kind of just like a weird black box that just, like, spits out a crazy game every few years. Yeah, Dan you know, like, Paladin goes into, like, a fugue state and comes right. out and just goes, we're making a... Ta- yeah. Yeah, it's strange. Like, it's it feels like they got in on... Like, when Alien Hominid came out, they... The behemoth kind of hit their wave of success at this weird transitionary moment mm-hmm. where they could still kind of, like, become established in the era of, like, old-school console development, but they were this small, independently-owned team, Mm -hmm. and it feels like they still are just a weird continuation of that era that, like, no other modern indie is. Were you, like, unbelievably excited when Alien Hominid was announced? Yeah, totally. I fucking exploded because no one had made a 2D game like that that you could play on a console for, like, years. It was probably only, like, three years, but it seemed like a million years. Yeah, well, and it's crazy to think now when I basically... I haven't gone to a store and bought a like a video game disc in years, probably at this point. And it's crazy to think that Alien Hominid, when it came out, you could only buy it in a box. Yeah, it was, on in, a disc. It was on GameCube. It was on GameCube. Yeah. And, uh, okay, yeah. so this, this this just reminded me of a thing. Like I just said, it feels like waiting for Alien Hominid. Like I had been waiting for years for a 2D game to come out on a console. I bet it had only been like three years, 
It, it reminded me. But like, that was the most intense three years. Right, but that, of like, that always feels so extreme, and you like start like like I feel like pieces of gaming history get built around those like waiting feelings that are actually fucking shit. Like Grim Fandango came out in 1998 and was declared the death of adventure games, right, and then adventure game fans were like, "I can't wait until the longest journey revitalizes adventure games in 1999." <laughs> like it's a year later, yeah. or like Half Life One to Half Life Two was long, but it's not long now. That felt so fucking long. 1998 to 2004, waiting for a sequel to a huge game. I mean, well, now you get a sequel to a huge game every six months, but like a Half Life game, now it's been ten years. Yeah, that's true. Weird. Well, no, it hasn't been because there were the episodes. Those were really good, actually. <laughs> but I don't know. I just I, like the t- like remembering back to how how extreme it feels yeah, waiting yeah. for a game to come out, and then like going, oh, that was like my life did not actually change in any measurable way between not knowing that I wanted Alien Hominid and having Alien Hominid, right. yeah, and having an, an Alien Hominid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Game Four is good though. Okay, so what is it actually? It is besides like, the lever. Well, it's like I mean it's. A, it's like a turn. It's a tactical turn-based strategy game, or like XCOM meets Mario Party is what I would describe it as. Like, I, it's the only way I can really describe this what? thing. Good. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> like it's bonkers. Uh, so it's like a. There's random elements to it than I would imagine. Yes. There's Mario in it. <laughs> yes. It's a party. Yes. I'm just gonna say yes to the next three questions. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. It's um. Well, I played the single-player campaign, but there is going to be multiplayer and co-op. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Also, it's not, you guys know this, but it's not going to be called Game Four. It'll have a real name. Um, yeah, yeah I, it, it will not be. It sounds like because I asked, I was like, "Are you sure?" Because you made T-shirts, and they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> like that's my bar. That's my bar for like it is this now. That's the difference between Campo Santo and the Behemoth. Right. Well, we made the fucking T-shirt, so we're that's done now. Uh, um, yeah, I, you. Our T-shirt just says "Video Games" on it, though. It's very nice. It's handsome. Yeah. Uh, why don't? Why are you clapping at yeah. commerce? Applaud <laughs> the merchandise made for a thing that is not idle thumbs. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There you go. That's a real shirt. Yeah. You just move across a tile landscape. You have multiple people with you, and then you play a turn-based strategy game. But there's. I was kind of describing it. I was asked about the game afterwards and sat down and talked about my experience with it. And I like it, and it's good. But there's this, there's this zone between it being a completely bonkers original thing that you have to learn from scratch and just an off-the-shelf turn-based strategy game. Like, oh, I know how to play this type of game. The guy with the mace, you can hit the guy with the helmet, da 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 you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Use your shield to block the arrows. Um, but there's this zone where you earn coins when you do damage to guys... Or if you like have a critical strike, you get like a coin multiplier. You lose hearts, but my guys, I just maybe, I can, apparently they can die. I, none of my guys died. There's this, and there's like an economy of items as well that's from coins that seem based on your skill level, but also kind of random. Where you go and you, you can, and then you have a house and you can outfit your house and buy items for your little guys and stuff like that. But there's this middle zone of the mechanics of the game that is a black box to me, un, not unlike the behemoth as a company, mm. I guess. <laughs> but um, that's the part that I couldn't figure out yet and is the part that will make the game actually good. Right. But play, demoing it on the floor, the AV is incredible, oh, yeah. it's super fulfilling, nice. the controller is really great. It's also hilarious. There's an over, there's a, a narrator. So as you walk across the overworld... Is it like a Bastion-style thing? Is it actually responding? Or is it just like you're just hearing... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, not like as fundamental as Bastion, okay. where he's always there and telling the story, but he's, he ducks in and out like that. Uh, 
and it's incredibly well written. It's oh, yeah, nice. really, really funny. Like, I was, yeah, I thought it was great. Were you blown away? I would say I, I thought was you were blown away. I heard the... If you're asking honestly, yeah, okay. I was blown away. I really was. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but uh, I praise. And the, it's more. There's it's every, it's just it's more. Everything is just turned up. It feels like the it, the timing but is really to good. What? Like, to their other games, which oh, is okay. crazy oh, sounding because all those games are for that. Yeah, yeah, but now it just feels more synesthetic. Huh. Like that's cool. Music changes genres. It's oh, like nice. oh, I'm listening to like a it techno like beat, and then I'm yeah. listening to this, like a more cartoony, bum, 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 you know, and it just blend. It doesn't care. That's what's so. What's interesting when you say that is because I think that is the like the thing you're describing. I think is what they always want to go for, and it's like what they always, in their trailers is always, you know, like they always, it's always this bombastic, just like nonstop, like pedal to the metal, crazy explosion. Mm-hmm. And I, if the Behemoth, in addition to having that weird kind of identity that I was talking, this sort of black box identity almost. Um, uh, is it me? No. no. Uh, Who was it? <laughs> it, was, it was Sarah. <laughs> um, like, in addition to that kind of identity as, as a company, like, it, they, they kind of feel to me like a band that just stays in the studio and is co- like slowly working towards this like ultimate expression of this specific this feels like a band's big album to me, yeah, for what like, it's worth yeah. it feels like oh yeah this is the one where you know you saw the two albums that got you to this one this is one feels like that because it feels incredibly confident it starts and you're a farmer like a blueberry farmer and your kid gets exploded <laughs> I guess I don't know I don't want to use the word killed but that's somehow better uh so you go on this quest and you're like oh I have a sword and I'm fighting guys with arrows and like they're an oppressive force and I'm about to, like, I'm in a castle, but then I'm about to take on the next group of guys and a space shuttle lands and scoops them all up and takes them away. <laughs> and that space shuttle's fucking hilarious. It's amazing. And I'm like, okay, the moment that space shuttle landed, because I was like, okay, I'm playing a... I was trying to hold on to the cohesiveness of the world. As mm-hmm. a, right. This is the way I play the game. Yeah, like, right, okay, right, I want to know, okay, sure. I'm a farm, it's funny. Uh-huh. I should remember my kid's name, I guess, so I'm like remembering all this stuff. And then when that space shuttle landed, I totally chilled out. I was like, oh, this is yeah. crazy. Yeah, right, oh, this right. is just a crazy thing. I can relax and just be entertained, as opposed to trying to hold on right. to, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, trying totally. to make connections. Trying to suspend the disbelief along a thread. Or just like, make, yeah. you know, your brain, like, you're, you're burning cycles on making those connections about what the, the, the theory you're of the for game meaning. is. Not meaning, but cohesion. Yeah. And then when it tells you to your face, stop doing that, yeah. you relax, and it's really entertaining. That's cool. The first city you go to looks like Rome, and you end up in the Colosseum. But when you walk into this into the city, that's the part where I went like, okay, this game is amazing because the a the whole thing is just alive and bouncing, and there's 3D elements all of a sudden because they needed it to oh, make crazy. it look like what they wanted yeah, it to look yeah. like. It's it just seems like an expression of all a very very confident expression of all the things Dan Paladin likes and doesn't give a fuck how they fit because he's confident enough that their aesthetic and their execution is the actual glue that binds right. it, yeah, not yeah, yeah. anything else. It's like a Sam and Max comic or something, right? Like Even that feels more cohesive, like mm-hmm. intentionally cohesive. Like right. if you were to go to Steeper Cell and be like and try to like draw a panel of Sam and Max and you wanted to put a storefront in it. We know this because we worked on Sam and Max. You'd say, Oh, I want to name the store this and he would go, Oh, that doesn't really that's not really Sam and right, Maxy. Sure. Where this doesn't have that. It just yeah. has its execution is its cohesion, right. which is awesome. Yeah, that's cool. You would dig it, I think. Yeah, I definitely want to play yeah. it. 
But mechanically, I do think there's an opaque area. Like, right now, I think they're going to playtest the shit out of this game for probably a while. I don't think this game's coming out anytime soon. You'll see that the next three PAXs based on Battle Block Theater. Yeah, eventually there will be hover technology that floats their booths because they'll have developed it <laughs> at the studio. And not mentioned it to anyone yeah, until it's just yeah. at PAX. Which will be even more <laughs> confounding for Chris. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think, it'll be, I think the game will be in development for a while because there is this, like, mechanically, like, this... And they they tend to take a while. It. They tend to show their stuff early and then take a while. Yeah, is it's, how it, is how it seems. But you should. It's <laughs> worth. I mean, I don't think games here. Okay, this is a shitty thing to say. I don't really think Good. there's anything worth lining up for ever. <laughs> like I hate to. Li- I don't line up for anything. I hate to line up for stuff. But I would line up for this game. It's really great. Yeah. Cool. It's, yeah. Did you play anything, Jake? What do you think? It's Jake Rockin. Let's all all watch Jake's face. This is what we get to do when we're on mics. We get to watch his face contort. (laughs) No, I played played Risk of Rain for a few minutes, but not enough to say anything about it. And I watched someone play... Man, what's the name of that game? I wrote the name of it down. It's the weird game with like the eyeball that has like stuff flopping off of it that goes and jumps around. Oh yeah, classic game. No, it was uh, it's, even it's, the readers. Are conf- I was waiting for the guy. Like, it's this. No, it's, it was called Deep Under the Sky. It's oh. a one button oh, okay. game. Um, it looks like a combination of like Gradius or Life Force or something plus like Jeff Minter. Uh, like it's, so it's got the weird like bubbly, gross, organic mass, and then just this weird. You're just plays this crazy like eyeball. psychedelic thing. Or what's the yeah? Like both just with yeah. weird like yeah. It looks like a psychedelic art version of of like an old uh, an old like NES crazy shoot 'em up. Okay, but you have it's all one button control, but the button does a different thing every time. You see like it's so it's a kind of like a movement puzzle game. You see a queued up list of all of like the next three moves, and when you press A, it executes that move and then slots the next one in. So you have like a dive or a jump or an explode yourself, and you sort of just trying to get all these stars, but it just, it looks, it's pleasing in the way, like, I think Ollie or someone, I think it was you, described it as, like, something like, it's, like, it's so ugly that it ends up also just being appealing, because it just, right. there's oh, so like a Paul much Pope comic or something? Yeah. Like, yeah. it just, it looks hideous. Go look at it, it looks hideous. But it's, <laughs> it's but it, I don't know. That's cool. It's all that I played. Yeah. I just looked at that, and I've been sort of sleep, sleeping, I've been sleeped and stressed out, yeah. so... I've, I've you seemed pretty nice. relaxed last night when you were snoring. <laughs> I peeked into the room and Jake's just like bundled up, like this so good. Like, oh, he's finally getting asleep. He looks so relaxed. I don't know. I mean, do you guys want to just actually one thing I did want to talk about that was PAX related? This is maybe not worth talking about, but like, good. I don't know. Well, it's. I mean, everybody's here, so we can talk about Far Cry for a second. Um, <laughs> no, it's just we're talking about Far Cry two. Times two. <laughs> and I, I, I hate to be negative, especially on a live show, but I first thing I fucking especially saw... with the creative director of Far Cry Four right there. That's Doug. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, the first thing I saw when I it's, this isn't this isn't the developer's fault. Maybe I don't know. It's, I don't know whose fault this is. It doesn't matter. But I walked into the show. The first thing I saw was like the cage match of animals fighting in front of a Far Cry 4 sign. And I was like, oh, so Far Cry is actually done. We're done, right? We're done with this? Like, yeah. I can stop holding out hope that this is, hap- this is going to be like a serious thing. <laughs> but it's going to take itself seriously. Right, and course. then the developers will speak about it seriously. But I'll have to watch an elephant get the shit kicked out of it by a puma. <laughs> in a cage. Like, what the... F- like, how... If that's the, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's your anchor for our presence at this show that has hundreds of thousands, a hundred thousand people who are going to come and get excited about this, yeah. and then in three months I'm supposed to read an article about this game being taking itself seriously. Yeah. It's like being it's yeah it's um it makes the pres- it it makes something like exhibiting your games at a show like this feel just like a car show or something where it's just like 
We just have a mud wrestling match. But a car the show mud. feels like the goddamn like Guggenheim in class in classiness <laughs> compared to this shit. Like yeah. I'm looking at that and I'm not seeing the cart the the, the hilarity of this tiger getting the crap kicked out of it by a guy in a bear suit. These are people in suits, sorry. If these were actual animals, I would not be complaining, even though that would be really fucked up. Because, um, like, then it's just like, okay, you're criminals, so... I've never seen a bear and a tiger fight because I'm not a Roman emperor, so whatever. Um, I'll stand here, but act really... Uh, anyway, what are we talking about? Um... Yeah, I just see, like, oh, there's a guy in there who's making $11 an hour to sweat his balls off and get the shit kicked out of him by another guy who's also making $11 an hour or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? I thought the people in the suits were packs of ten. Oh, my God! No, they're not, really? Are they? Do you guys listen yeah. <laughs> To win a PS4? That makes it even okay, worse. Okay, I just need to knock my mic over. I yeah. need to knock everything over. Like, <laughs> shut it down. We're all just... Yeah, I mean... Uh, so they should just give those guys a That booth an hour. being right at the front <laughs> of, the, of the exhibit hall, it actually, like, when I walk past it, I picture my life as a top-down, like, NES Japanese RPG character, but from, like, a really badly designed one where it's really cruel, and to get to where you want to go, you have to walk through, like, the noxious cloud that just takes two <laughs> hit points off every time you go across the show floor. Like, That's totally true. I actually just totally feel 10% true. more tired every time I have to traverse the floor because yeah. someone is screaming at me about animal fights. Yeah. yeah. I go across the aisle and then the Evolve booth is there, which is nuts. That's that giant, you know, thing. <laughs> and I'm in for me, I'm just, oh, good. Beast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just a video game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're going to kill the guy in the big thing. And like, like, well, the final is. round of the Far Cry fight is when that Evolve beast actually is revealed to be a, a <laughs> mechanical thing. So you really want that PS4? <laughs> this huge rancor now. The rancor, yeah. yeah. You're going to stick that bone in that rancor's mouth. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, like, big, horrible, sort of depressing cage match. Like, this is how, sort of how the mainstream game industry thinks is, like, that's, like, the best, like, the best way to show off our game out of thing. But the it thing just makes that me want to go to that meeting. The thing everyone should probably get mad about is, like, a woman said something that bothers you on the internet. That's probably what you should really get fucking what? riled up about, right? Like, well, you better link me that tweet right now <laughs> so I can... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You guys want to... You read your mouth? I would love to do mail from you, the readers, if you have some that you could offer us live. It's you better have already mailed it here because I won't. We won't take anything other than that. Um, please Except ask us it, questions so we have. Okay, if you didn't about. do that, you can talk into that that microphone. If no one there. wants to say anything, then this we're is just going to keep going. Over. <laughs> All right, good. someone's getting up. Yes, the champion arrives. Oh, this is a microphone. Yeah, come grab oh, Just this. go to the mic. Yeah. Otherwise, your 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 otherwise your sweet dulcet tones. You won't will not be able be to hear yourself on, on the Wednesday podcast. in MP3 form. So the next thing you're going to say is going to be on the podcast. Okay. We're going to send. Yes, you. that was it. <laughs> Uh, so, at the the Giant Bomb panel last night, um, Brad Shoemaker said when he went and saw Firewatch, oh or your your demo of Firewatch, that he described the game as sort of punching above its weight. And he did descri- well, I, that wasn't I, his first thing he said. Which yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. An, it's a compliment of your game, but yeah. like uh, I was wondering what you thought, whether what what elements of your team um, was uh, was something that would contribute to that. Uh, well, they're Jane, all right Jane here. Ng, right yeah, there. Jane, Paolo, Jane. Will, James. Who am I forgetting? Nels, Ollie. Ollie. Mainly Jane, though. Mostly Jane. I mean, I would say mainly Jane. Jane is like is like like a towering yeah, giant. That, that, that yeah. the specific thing that John was talking about was or to Brad was when we were demoing the game to Brad. He was saying he was surprised that it looked like it looked as a Unity game, and we were like, oh well, 
it's because the people who are putting the art in the game are just wrenching a lot out of that thing. Yeah, I mean, people, yeah, that's been a comment of, like, people are surprised. I think we're just spending, I mean, when I say spending the money, I just mean, like, our time. Like, I think we're just focusing on the right stuff, and people are really good. So we're all just working, like, it's crazy to do this. It's a team where you just like everybody, and you think everybody's better than you, at least for me. Um, <clears throat> well, when it comes to skill level and stuff like that. Um, so I think that helps. Uh, it's weird, though. I mean, I, for me, I mean, we don't see that, though. We just see the game that we were going to really improve. We're just mad at it all the time, so yeah, I don't know. Yesterday, I decided not to be mad at it. Oh, I'm mad. Yeah, it was like, I was like, come here, son. Like, I know I'm hard on you, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Their panel also couldn't figure out what Firewatch was for quite a while. What do you mean? We, we can't either. I mean, that's yeah, what fine. I'm working on it. You should watch that panel. But like, how to describe it? They had difficulties describing it. It's an impossible game to describe, but I feel like when you play it, you know what it is. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like, did you, yeah. We don't have to. Yeah, we don't have to go into that too much, yeah. but. Firewatch sell the mystery. That is, that is a smell challenge. the mystery. Yeah. You say smell the mystery. Well, I said sell it first, then I dropped an M in there. Of course you did. Of course you did. Well, why not? I don't know. Thanks so much. What's your yeah, name? Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Yeah. Tell us your name first. Hey guys, my name is Corey. Um, hey. So another Firewatch question. Oh Good. man. Good. <laughs> thanks for coming to this huh, Firewatch panel Redux. <laughs> Well, the just Camp of Shanto guys up there, so... No, it's not? fine. No, no, I mean, um, it's totally... totally so, good. I watched the, the stream yesterday morning and just kind of off the bat, I was like, that kind of looks like Gone Home, except in a forest. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I didn't just say fuck you to that guy, did I? You definitely did. <laughs> Remember all those yeah. times in Gone Home where you talked to people with dialogue trees? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time in Gone Home when you repelled into that cave? No, it's, it has some yeah. stuff in common. I mean, it's no, a first-person I mean, game that has a lot of small details in it and is very narrative-focused, but hopefully there's a bunch of things in it that we're doing that Gone Home did not do. And but yeah, we're definitely in, like, we, I mean, we have the same sensibilities, you know. Yeah. Um, there's no, like, we don't really even talk to those to Steve and Yanaman and Carla that much about the actual game. Uh, but no, I think that we definitely just like a lot of the same stuff, you know. And there's things that that game did, like object putback was really good in that game. So yeah. we're like, okay, let's we do something. Like, do yep. that because that's we don't have to think about that now. Yep. Uh, but structurally and at its core, I think the games are about really different things, but also not. I mean, Gone Home's about the interiority of a person, you know, and ours is as well, uh, two people, but we're just going to unpack that in a completely with completely different uh, tools, I guess. So... But I, I definitely think we're until Steve thing. bails the company out when we're low on cash and we rebrand it Gone Home too. Yeah, yeah, until we rebrand it Gone Home too. Yeah, left home. <laughs> you turn off mic two, please. <laughs> Don't actually do that. Thanks. Right. Thank you for the question. Sorry for guys. insulting. Thanks. You. Yeah, sorry for saying f you. That was really terrible. Yeah, that was not on purpose. <laughs> sorry. We'll cut that out of the podcast, though, right, guys? Huh? Right? No. No. no? Okay, we're gonna leave that one in. We don't cut anything out of the podcast. Hey, I'm Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Hi. So I have a recommendation to check out two games or oh, okay, questions cool. on Good. if you did play them. Uh huh. The first is called Due Process, and the second is called the Altrust Principle or something. And it's by the guys who did Serious Sam. Oh, crazy. And the way they Wait, describe both of them it, or just the second one? No, just the second one. Okay. But the way does they it have, Does it have a guy who goes, do you hear like a hundred, like a hundred miles might. off in the distance? It might. Um, what I really liked about the second... Did you play either of them? No. No, are they well, I recommend it then. Yeah, uh, 
the the principal one. Talus principle, yeah. The Talus principle. Um, they described it as, well, they were working on Sirius Sam 4, and they were going to put these puzzles in there, and then they decided to pull out the puzzles and make an entire game around it. Awesome. That's cool. And Great. it reminds me a lot of the best puzzle games where it really trains you really well and then asks you to use that training in the next puzzle. Nice. Great. I love that. And then what I love about due process is it's kind of like Spy Party, where they just threw it out there. After they've been working on it for a pretty short time, it's very rough graphically, mm-hmm. but the systems are really awesome. Where it's four v four attack versus defend, you have to like. Oh, is this the? Plan out. It, yeah, the, I've it, seen this. This is the like SWAT kind of tactical game. Yeah, I think I heard about it because it was announced as being backed by the Indie Fund. Right. Oh, cool. John Blostein. Yeah, that was cool because it looked like such a more rigorous treatment of that than like Battlefield Hardline or something, yeah. which is just the most like. Bleh! version of like I just love kind it of a tactical assault thing rectangles floating around and you know yeah. we'll figure out the graphics later and right now it's a fun game so let's yeah. just put it out there that's awesome cool cool Check thanks for the recommends yeah, thank like, you. that's actually very I really helpful. appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. that because totally. we have to walk out of here and walk through that noxious cloud to find <laughs> uh, <laughs> my hit points are low <laughs> due process is on the 6th floor right across from the Ouya booth I think okay oh perfect there's, there's an Ouya booth um, and then <laughs> okay no comments no comments <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Hi, my Hi. name's Derek. Hey. Um, after seeing the Firefall panel, I was really impressed. At... Yeah, Firefall's cool. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Firewatch panel. I, I was, oh, it's so funny. I heard fire, and then he said fall. I was like, oh, cool. We're talking about Firefall. No, the, fire, <laughs> I was like, okay, the Firewatch panel, yes. Um, so I was really impressed seeing kind of the first-time public demo for kind of a mid-sized team um, lots of times those things go really bad, and it seemed to go... <laughs> I mean, like, crashes and problems with the demo process. Oh, and yeah, yeah, Yours uh-huh. went extremely Ours went smooth. bad in the other ways. What's funny <laughs> is you, you can't see it, but um, the usable object on the fireworks in the beginning was not on them for some reason. There was a bug No, there. it was just, like, an angle. Yeah, and yeah. I was, like, watching it, and I was, like, oh, God, here we're at the beginning. But yeah, it was, like, the first thing you do in the game, and it, it didn't quite work quite right, and that was horrible. Yeah. We're talking about this. What are we okay, doing? I'm sorry. Well, I'm done talking. We're with Continue the readers. Continue your question. I, just want, I wanted to know what kind of prep went into planning oh. the, the panel um, and any interesting stories, I guess, like that one. We just kind of actually, it was pretty straightforward. We just, like... Six weeks ago, basically, just decided, like, well, we were going to show the trailer at the panel, and then we were going to show maybe some, like, fraps to capture of the game. And we just said, like, you know what? Let's just commit to showing the game live and just do it. And, like, we just did. Yeah. Like, we yeah. just decided, like, well, we, ha- we have said we're going to do this now, so now we just have to do it. And so we just kind of scoped the stuff we're going to show to a chunk of the game that we thought we could bring to a reasonable level of completion. And then Will, our programmer, just like ruled closing it with an iron fist yeah, in the last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that just, really helped. Yeah. That, he just lo- locked down the build, said, all right, no more content gets checked in. And then um, we only like snuck two or three more things right. in with his permission. But yeah. when we did, we had to have like peer review as they were getting checked in. It was yeah. very rigorous. Yeah, we were just very so. careful, I guess. Yeah. And also then very lucky that something didn't totally just yeah. eat it. In. I was expecting it to. Yeah, we, we dodged a bullet there. But the yeah. game is pretty, I mean, it's pretty like... It doesn't crash that much. The, 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 any crashes are like not like content stuff at this stage. It's just like Unity's being a butthole or whatever. So we, you know, I'm glad that didn't happen. But uh, now the game, like, yeah, I think we scoped pretty well. Yeah, which is nice. And it was also we never really closed anything as a team, so it was really like refreshing. We got done and we were all like, "Hey, that was fun. Let's go now. We just do that ten more times, and the game's done." Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Hey guys, my name is Brendan. How hey. y'all doing? Hello. How's it going? 
This isn't really a question. I just had this cool thing, an anecdote that happened to me last night, and I told my girlfriend and she didn't give a shit about it, so I figured share it with everyone here. Because okay, it's bold. <laughs> We're in bold territory. No, it was, so you was, vetted uh, it with the person who loves you the most. Yeah. So I was having, I'm from Vancouver, and I was having drinks last night with a friend of mine who's a coder in Vancouver. He works at Capcom, and he did the crowd technology on Dead Rising 3. And he just got hired to move to Montreal and work for Ubisoft to do the crowd technology for their next 19 Assassin's Creed games or whatever. Mm-hmm, so in the sure. past week, he has sat down to play Assassin's Creed 4 to get a sense of it. So this is a guy that's about to move to Montreal and get a job with Ubisoft to you know, work on Assassin's Creed, playing a game where in the game you are a guy starting at Ubisoft playing right. Assassin's <laughs> Creed 4 to work. Uh. <laughs> Full so of goes. fuck. I don't even like. Yeah, like you do. I got nothing else to say. No, yeah. that's good, man. You yeah. did it. I right, see thanks. why your girlfriend didn't give a shit, but <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a pretty fucking good story. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Hi, I'm hey. Daniel. Uh, <laughs> I'm reeling. I'm sorry for startling you on the bus this morning. Um, oh, hi. Hey, hi. <laughs> cool shirt. Did Thank you guys just yeah. say like just yeah? Nice. Yeah, they're this wearing, they're wearing the, the same the shirt, the same Idlevice shirt. Yeah. So, um, segging from that, uh, I'd like to know what is your sense of like the Venn diagram of the fandom between the different things that you've that you're involved with and you were involved oh, with in the past, hmm. like uh, so Idle Thumbs and then you know Double Fine and Telltale and Campo Santo. Are people coming to Firewatch um, completely independent of all that, or is some there a lot some of people probably are. I mean, I think probably the early like people who were aware of us early probably was because they knew us from something else maybe but I think you know we we like to come do something like a PAX unveiling and you know things like that to try and find other people because if we if the yeah. only people who are interested in us are the people like from who are just kind of already only, knew about yeah, us in the first yeah. place if like only that. the readers buy the game Campo Santo won't exist anymore we yeah. love you guys but yeah. just, yeah. you need to all have like 10 kids who all have credit cards or something <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I didn't get to go to the panel did you uh, see some people that were just wandering by uh, or was it pretty it's kind of impossible for us to know yeah, yeah I mean I think uh, personally it's so funny because I think of it the other way we're like this is just like I get to not run a company and think about the game and stuff this is like my this is a hobby it's like a respite from all the other stuff that i it's you know that's like my career and this is like hanging out with my friends so it's as idle thumbs feels gets like feels like more of a concrete entity that gets really squirrely it's like no 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 no. let's not make it too like don't get too serious but at the same time it's like nice to be able to pay for the studio and stuff like that um but yeah i don't know what that venn diagram is uh i think firewatch is like in campo santo is just for, like, we want it to be broad. It's like, if you like these type of games, come play this stuff. Whereas, like, Idle Thumbs is pretty insular, you know? Like, we make in-jokes, and, like, we don't worry so much about... Mass appeal. Yeah, mass appeal about leaving somebody out. Because, like, oh, they'll get the joke eventually, and then they'll love us, sort of thing. You know, like, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, or not, or not. You know, if somebody says... Like, if I get an email, like, especially, like, we don't want to talk about this stuff too much, probably, but, you know, we got some emails and tweets last week based on last week's episode and some guy was just like I'm never listening to your stuff again and I was just like okay cool. alright all right, see ya, see ya. Like, bye guy fine. who was never really a fan of us I guess <laughs> you know whereas if I get an angry email about something that Campo Santo did I really have to like it's different I have to really think because like people's lives matter to this you know like everybody left something that paid them way more <laughs> to do this you know so like I, you have to it's a completely different mindset so 
That wouldn't really answer your question, but I would just handle that situation very differently. The, uh, the Venn diagram of this Q&A, though, has, is, like, really fucking tight. Yeah. <laughs> Except for one outlier of the Stick Assassin's Creed story. Yeah, yeah. this is just one, like, circle. brownish circle yeah. with all the colors on this top of each like other. It's a slightly well, oblong circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Hey, I'm Mitch. Um, hey, I'm Mitch. I have another game recommendation for you guys. Oh, cool. I know you guys are big fans of, like, Sports Friends and all those, like, uh-huh. hectic oh, yeah, totally. local multiplayer games, yep. and there's a really good one of those here. Uh, it's called Video Ball. I don't know if oh, Video Ball. That's Tim Rogers. I haven't actually yeah. played it, but I'm aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's super interesting. He like worked with Suda51 in Japan uh-huh. at Sony, yeah. and it's just like a crazy dude. But yeah, he's making a game called Video Ball now. And is it's Video Ball one fun. word or two words? One word. Hmm. All caps. <laughs> All caps. One word. <laughs> it would be though if it was like an '80s like yeah. sport. Oh yeah, no, but right. if, if it had a space, it's also way more hilarious. Video Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. it. Oh, out of curiosity, this isn't what I was going to ask, but what about last week's episode pissed people off? Oh, I mean, we were, we were pretty honest about, I mean, we're completely honest just about our feelings of the sort of cultural things that are happening in the industry, and oh, yeah. some people didn't like that. So, fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Sworn uh, on this panel. I feel really bad okay. for saying "f you" to that reader. <laughs> yeah. Come back. If that you're was... out for a hug, we're gonna. I'm. I'm into that. You have a, about to cry Call me. Up here right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Uh, hi, I'm Mike, and hey. I guess I'm last. Um, since we skipped most of the video games in the uh, theme song, I thought it might be okay to give a recommendation. That's a tabletop game. Uh, the tier. Yeah. So, so if you're getting tired of the noxious fume, there's this game on like the third floor, I think, uh, called The Duke by Good name. Cal- Calypso Game, I think. Oh, wait. I think I know what this is. Yeah. You might have seen the gigantic... Uh, they have a gigantic... It's a like human chess edition. or something. It's, like- it's, it's kind of like chess. Yeah. But you start... Or each piece is like a square, and what's on top of the square is the move that that piece can make. Right. This board is like 10 feet by 10 feet, and the squares yeah. are like... Oh, are crazy. Like so this is, not, this like is not a game you can like buy and own. Yeah, you could buy and own this, probably. You right? could own the Duke, Chris. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they have smaller yeah. versions. Okay. No, with no, little the, feet. The actual... <laughs> for like hamsters to play or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is yeah. cool being big. The, the actual game Baby is, is uh, small, and they have really nice wooden pieces, and it's just... Sure. It's really cool, but uh, it's, it's like on the top of the piece is what move it can make, and uh, after you move it, you flip it over, and there's a different move it makes on the back. So you have to, you have to strategize that way, too. Cool. Oh, that's but, cool. Yeah, it's really cool, and you get to play with the big, mostly foam pieces and put it down. Yeah, while you're sounds awesome. yeah it was, that I, sounds really clever. I saw that so, yesterday. I was walking by, and I was like, this is different, yeah. which is great. It's like the feeling you want to have. But then I was so, I was like, packs exhausted, like all my yeah. life force was gone, <laughs> that... I was like, oh, I bet those pieces are really heavy. <laughs> like, they're not. They're not. They're they're really light. They're ma- they're made of like foam. I they're think. foam. Okay, yeah. that's so funny. I was like, looked at that and I was like, oh no, I could never. <laughs> I thought they were what like ebony. I thought they were and... wood. I thought they were, they oh, look yeah. wooden. Yeah. The the wood. pieces in the uh, actual game you can take home are wood. Like really, okay. really nice. Okay, just normal. We only have like four game. minutes left, so I, I don't know. Fine, we're doing okay. okay. We have. I, we'll do two questions. We'll do two, two guys. Right. Thanks so much. Thanks for the Thank you for the Duke wreck. Yeah. What? Go, hi. Uh, hi. I'm Nicholas. What? Duke Rex. I've been. I'm wondering what your thoughts on our thoughts are on uh, procedurally generated games 
Since, positive uh, mainly. <laughs> well, like you know, uh, you know, like that that Spelunky game you might have heard of. But what? in terms of, uh, <laughs> you look at NetHack, and it's this insanely complicated game with all yeah. these um, like huge permutation yeah, sure. of options you can do. And we haven't really seen anything quite like that since then that I can think of in any case. Um, I think the games that have that level of complexity are often just different kinds of games, right? I mean, I don't know. It's been so many years since I've played NetHack, and I don't know if I could like necessarily know where these things fall on the complexity scale. But something like, um, I don't know, something like Dwarf Fortress is certainly just like preposterously intricate and like basically infinitely, you know, random in terms of what like when things pile on one another and pile on and pile on. Um, and then, like, in terms of a game that's not randomly generated, there, there are definitely games that are, I mean, I don't know, something like... Uh, um, yes. That's a good one. Sorry. We um, almost did it. God damn it. Three uh, minutes. <laughs> um, like a stalker game or DayZ or something. And those games are nothing like NetHack, obviously, but they're very complex, you know? Uh, lots of things sort of intersect... Um, but I think it is harder to just release something that is extraordinarily complicated in the way that something like NetHack is. I mean, I think you ha- there's probably not room for tons of those. But I think one of the things that's really cool about the influence of games like that now is that... Oh, right, we have to do that. Um, oh, sorry, I'll speed through this. Is that, you know, like, people can sort of... You're talking about procedurally generated games. I know. And you're Chris Remo. Oh. Good fucking luck. <laughs> there's just something really great about being able to distill that complexity down to like a simple rule set that that still actually creates like a huge amount of divergence and and uh, emergent behavior i mean splunky obviously is a great example of that so you know i i'm done (laughs) (laughs) sorry thank you for the question i could talk about this much longer obviously is yours a minute long it's quick Go ahead. Yes. All right. My name. My name's Eric, hey, and Eric. Uh, I really like it when you guys talk board games, and you haven't talked about any I recently. Got one. Next week, I promise. Okay. Cool. Uh, is there anything here that you guys would suggest that we should check out? Oh, um, this game's old, but like we played Love Letter last night at the house. Oh, like, okay. yeah, it's a good one. It was fucking awesome. Really good one. So like, I forgot how good that game was. I Love played Letter. it. Yeah, it's so good. Love Letter. Thanks, Jay. It's great. It's. I thought you said level editor. I thought Just bringing this back it. around. <laughs> Comedy is about full circle bookends. Well, oh, done. it's like sphere orb. <laughs> God. All right. Lastly, we have actual mail because it was handed to us by yeah. Ross. Thank uh, you for your question. And, and yeah, and real quick, check out week. below, Chris. You I'm should really check out below. Oh yeah, I really oh, yeah, want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna go, games. We'll, yeah, we'll go play that for it. sure. Yeah. Um, oh, also here while you're coming up, come to Bevs and Devs tonight at the Hard Rock, six to ten. It's all of us as well as Campo Santo. Double Fine Harmonics, Choice Provisions, who are the Cappy. trip guys, and Cappy have just, like, free event. I mean, you have to pay for the drinks, but you don't have to pay to hang out with a bunch of cool people and look at video games. Yeah, you so, uh, do 6 o'clock at the Hard Rock Cafe. It's, like, yeah. two blocks away. you don't away have to have a PAX badge. You don't have to yeah, have a PAX badge. Your friend. friends bring them. Yeah. All right, okay, so we have a poster that was made for us about this panel. We have not seen it yet. Oh, this is excellent. Oh, oh my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. You it can't a, see this, but it is a big dog oh my God, listening so to, to a the album's record. It's like the his master, her his master's voice, like classic record label. Uh, wow! But it's a big dog. That's fucking good. It's a good. big dog. That's really good. Holy shit! Thank you. Holy yeah. shit! This is fucking good. <laughs> cool. Oh, so this sorry. is Ross Cubbin. Am I? Yes. yes. Okay. Cool. I, so I think that's it because Ross is right there. Ross, we're getting up, kicked out of the room. We're gonna get up and go. All right. Thank you, Ross. Thank you guys very much. Thanks, Thanks for coming by. Thank you. Everybody.